Hello everyone, happy Saturday, and welcome to Obsessed With Me, the podcast where we talk about what we love to love, we love to hate, and what we can't stop thinking about. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lindsay Schley, and it's June, and you know what that means? Rainbow capitalism! Ah yes, just yesterday I was walking in Times Square to find the Hard Rock Cafe which we have one of those, I guess, covered in a bunch of rainbow dancing men, like dancing inflatable men from car dealerships. They had rainbow dancing inflatable men from car dealerships just dancing on top of the marquee for the Hard Rock Cafe. It was very weird. But you know what's not weird? Supporting interesting queer stories, storytellers, and stuff in general. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I am going to do what I'm calling a Pride Month, pre- month preview of the things I want to watch and you should probably watch this month. There's a lot going on with this wor- in this world. It's never been a better time to be queer and to be telling queer stories. We have more happening every day, more well-respected and well-regarded stories out there being told, and I could not be happier. So this isn't going to be an exhaustive list of queer things you could check out ever. This is going to be a very recent list. This is going to be about things that I would say have happened around the least last month, at least in my life. One of those things will be a little bit more all over the place, but This is going to be some really recent stuff and I'm not going to have been able to see all of them because your girl's, your girl's busy. She's, she has friends and she has a job and she has this podcast and she is taken up on writing some fan fiction. So, you know, she's got hobbies and sometimes she has to clean the house. So I won't have gotten to everything, but these are all things that I want to get to this month. And I think that it's a good idea for you to get to it as well. So guys, I'm going to start you off with something that I think there is no better time to get into, and that's Pose. So Pose is a show that takes place in the late 80s, early 90s. It's about a bunch of people, trans people and queer people who all have come together to do these balls, which are a thing that happened generally in, I think, Harlem in um, the 80s before that even, but there was a real big surge in, like, the popular culture in the 80s and the 90s. Um, So it would be mostly queer people in these houses that were adopted families, because often these people would be kicked out by their families. So these were these adopted families that would perform in these balls where they would perform a look, an idea, a concept... And let me tell you, this show is so much fun. There is a slate of fantastic actors. You will not have any cis men playing trans women in this show. We have all real trans women being real trans women, although I think a few of them are genderqueer. You know, they're not quite women, but they're they, thems, you know. But hey, it's really, really awesome. I absolutely adore this show. Um... If you love aesthetic, there is a lot of aesthetic to happen here. There is so many beautiful costumes, so many beautiful people. You also see this, you know, 
the the difference between this this glamour that they project and also you know some of the risky serious and you know poverty level conditions of their lives it is hard out there to be queer and it was harder out in the 80s especially for people who are trans you know it's it's a lot harder for them out there still um but they tell a lot of really great stories um this tells the story of bianca she no blanca i'm sorry i've been watching a lot of shakespeare lately um blanca is in the house of abundance her the house mother is electra um and chafing kind of being kind of sick of her ideas being taken by electra and not getting any credit credit blanca decides to go off on her own she's saved up some money and she's going to start her own house Electra is not happy about it. So this starts a rivalry. And what was the dominant house kind of splits off into different directions as different characters kind of try to take their time. But who we end up kind of as the reader following along the most is the newly formed house of... What is it called? Let me look that up. The House of Evangelista. And she is starting this house. She recruits this kid who is an amazing dancer and not just gets him to dance at the balls. She gets him recruited to a prestigious um, African-American dance company. Think Alvin Ailey. Um, It's clearly kind of an homage to it. Um, There's Angel who she uh, kind of tempts away from her old um her her old house angel is you know a sex worker and she meets this man who just got who just got hired by trump and they have an affair and you know that you go through that thing and she's kind of finding herself he's finding himself it is a whole very interesting thing um billy porter plays pray tell the mc of the balls he is amazing he is so good um like there's just so many wonderful performances by queer women and mostly queer women of color it there's so many different stories these stories are real you are seeing you know the terrible things people go through to try to be beautiful you know botch plastic surgery um or, or you know even be themselves a woman who goes through a sex change and loses her longtime love because they don't like that um you know when they get the bottom surgery now one of the people work for trump and that ends up being very interesting especially since we know now how the Trump administration has really screwed over trans people, such as trans people in the military. Um, it's, you know, you see some of these things, these aspects of the culture coming back and becoming an issue again. It, it, it works. It's a really fun show. I love the diversity. I love the different stories. What better way is there to celebrate pride than to look at these amazing stories and celebrate these wonderful artists? The best part is on June 11th, it's coming back. I'm so excited for the next season. It's looking fantastic. People are finding new things. They're they're experiencing new things in life. Things are changing as you know, Madonna happens and voguing, a very common, you know, kind of 
dance performance type that's in these balls becomes mainstream and then there's the appropriation of this queer culture and it's gonna be interesting I'm so excited I'm so excited to see it Uh, I think it's gonna be great so if you have not checked out Pose check out Pose you can see the first season on Netflix and if you have effects that's where the second season is going to be luckily my friends gave me Logan so I can watch that (laughs) and I'm very excited to watch it really fantastic show can't praise it enough so the next thing that i am terribly terribly excited to see is the elton john biopic rocket man now i found out this was coming out a few months ago very shortly after i'd watched listened to an episode of imagine life which is a wondery podcast about elton john's life i didn't know anything about elton john before that and it was very interesting to see kind of how he struggled to become himself you know he was a shy awkward kid kind of who bloomed into this amazing personality and i think that that's a you know he found a place where he could be himself and then he was I think that this is an experience that's extremely resonant to many queer people. The the feeling that you are hiding part of yourself, and as long as you're hiding part of yourself, you're not entirely yourself, and you hide parts of you with yourself. You know, that it's not healthy, and you, you don't end up being your full self. So... It seems like this, I have heard nothing but great things about it. Somehow my parents saw this before me um, because I don't know. I really want to see it. I just haven't yet. But my mom and dad went and they loved it. And my dad is not a biopic person or a musical person. And this is a musical biopic. Um, And my dad loved it. Um, my parents went to go see, my parents also regaled me of the story of how they went to go see Elton John in the Coliseum, a theater venue that no longer exists in Ohio. It is now a large field where nothing is there, but it used to be where all the sports events were. And apparently they went to see him back in his, like, you know, his days where he'd do these large stadium crowds and he did these large performances, you know, before he got old. I'm sh- I know he still does a great show, but it's like different now, you know? Physically, it has to be different. So they were, they told me the story about how they went to see it and how it had a very, you know, similar, similar um, feel. I actually made a meme about this. I made a meme about this, which I, which got 200 likes on one of my Facebook groups. Thank you very much. And it's that meme where there's those two burly men holding hands. And the one man I captioned, queer kids and the other hand I captioned their moms who like Elton John and the handshake I captioned is being really excited about Rocket Man and I'm really excited about Rocket Man I love a good musical uh, Taron Egerton I really like Taron Egerton I'm really fond of him and I heard this thing that um so um Elton John's, uh, I think, husband, I guess, worked on um, Kingsman and kind of hand-selected Taron um, after hearing that he could sing to play Elton John in this. So if Elton John's husband is selecting this guy, uh, you know, you know that's the right choice because I don't think anyone else knows it more. But I'm, I'm so excited for this. This seems to be what, you know, what... Uh, 
what Bohemian Rhapsody should have been. So I'm I'm so glad we're getting that. Um, and also Richard Madden, who um, most people will know as Rob Stark, the King of the North. He was also in a very bad story about the Medici's. On um, on I found on Netflix it was not very good. Um, it was really boring despite having everything I liked in it, which was a real bummer. No wonder that didn't get renewed. Anyways, apparently he's the love interest, and that's exciting, because those are two attractive men, and I'm not going to be mad about it. So, I'm very excited to see this movie. I just need time and money. And you know what? It'll happen. Maybe it'll happen this weekend. Maybe I'm going to go Sunday. We'll see. I'm going to go eventually, and I'm very excited, because it looks awesome. So, I, I told you last week about how much I like Booksmart, but I'm going to talk about one part of the book smart that I like the best, which is that one of the main characters is gay. And that's really fun. I think that they handle this gay character super well. And it's just more of a reason to go see Booksmart. Everyone go see Booksmart. It's so funny. And Olivia Wilde did a great job. And I want her to just direct like a bunch of really good movies. I want her to like have a wonderful career because she's killing it already. So Booksmart, one of the two main characters, is a lesbian. And they handle it so well. I really like the way that they handle female queerness in this show. So Amy is the character we're going to be talking about. Amy is a lesbian. She is out to her parents. And you know, people are like, oh yeah, the gay people, they're just having all the fun sex. And you know what? She's just a normal teenage girl who's too awkward to talk to her crush. Her crush is a skateboarding girl named Ryan. Now one of the interesting things is it does seem apparent that Ryan is into her at some point. They seem to do some flirting, but they come short of making out. And then you see that girl with a guy later. So we got bisexuals up in this bitch. The other funny thing about that show is there's this scene where um, apparently Amy's um, family thinks that she's dating her friend Molly, which they're just best friends. And Molly just hams it up. And, you know... It's really fun to see that because, like, like, there are family members who are like, oh, I think they're really dating or people who joke about that. This is something that, uh, that straight people do. And I thought it was funny to have it, you know, like, have that kind of jokingness and lack of seriousness also available to queer people. Um, and the other thing is there's just this girl who pops up and is like, oh, hey, I'm queer too. Want to make out? And they have their whole, like, they have a whole, like, you know, they have a whole tryst, and it goes awkwardly. It goes poorly and awkwardly because they're teenagers and they haven't done anything yet. And that's how real life goes. And and it's done comically, and it's done truthfully, and it's done in a way that's you know you know respectable enough of all the characters. And I we just don't have. We don't have that for, you know, we have this story, this, this awkward teenager trying to find love story and so many straight variations. It is just so refreshing to have that with a queer person. It's not that much different, I guess, really, the, the problems and the, you know, the mistakes that one can make with, you know, when trying to make out with someone for the first time or other stuff. They're all real. Th they're all things that people have experienced it. It's just nice that we can have that with a person 
who's not straight. I think it's super cool. I really love that movie. Also, this is, has, doesn't have anything to do with queerness, but I just want to say once again, how good Billy Lord is in it. I love Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter. I, she's just, she's a scene stealer in like everything. Um, she got to be the main character in American Horror Story this season, and I'm I was happy for her that she got to like star in it this season because she's been in the background but she's she's better than that she can do more <sighs> I love Billy Lord I don't know if her character was queer maybe she was cool though she was really fun so I'm I'm gonna talk about music now and let me tell you I'm not a music expert I have been I, I'm just I'm just very like I've been listening to the same, like, five indie bands, My Chemical Rose, Romance, and Musicals since I was 15. My music tastes haven't changed. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I, like, have not participated with the culture at all. Um, for example, I recently listened to Old Town Road, and that bangs. I, I, I can tell when something slaps. I am not the oldest person that you know. I, I can tell when something's good, and I see why things get popular. I listen to Lemonade, you you know, I watch Lemonade and I, I, I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not very good at keeping up with popular music. I see those big things and I participate with them and I go back to listening to the same Seawolf album I've been listening to since I was, you know, whatever, 14 probably. Um, so instead I am trying something new that was recommended to me on a lot of people on my queer Facebook groups, my queer true crime Facebook groups. I have a true crime Facebook for everything, everything. Um, and so, uh, a lot of people suggested I listen to Queen, to, to King Princess. I almost said Queen Princess because I knew it was two different types of royalty. First of all, she goes by she, her pronouns, but she is genderqueer and she is gay and she seems pretty cool. So what I did was I got on Spotify and listened to some of her songs and I can totally see why she's blowing up. She is originally from Brooklyn, but spent some of her time in LA and her music just sounds like that. It has some dreaminess to it, a retro old Hollywood flair. Um, there's a danceability to it. It's the gayest stuff. And when I say the gayest stuff, I mean, there is a song called Pussy is God. So it's very gay. It's not subtle about it. It's super gay. Um, so yeah, which is kind of crazy because we didn't have that growing up. When I was a kid, um, there was some like subversive, like queerness in your, in your like songs for like My Chemical Romance has one song about gay men having sex in prison um and that's it and then like everyone wrote a bunch of fan fictions about the people in the band doing it and that's as far as gay people in music went as far as I was concerned or gay people in songs um but things have changed for example Panic at the Disco is out um the Brandon Urie is Panic at the Disco let's not pretend that there's more than one person it's just Brandon Urie Brandon Urie is an out pansexual and has a song about bisexuality on one of his albums which I found out about like two years ago guys I'm so slow I'm so slow and I ended up going to go see him with my friend when she came to town and Haley Kiyoko oh, Kiyoko Haley Kiyoko Haley Kiyoko 
I am, I'm so sorry. I butchered that so bad. I don't think any of those were right. But she was the opener. I was like, well, this is gay too. And my friend was like, I told you it was gay. You'll like it. <laughs> so I'm just slow. Um, but King Princess was, it's, it's a really fun listening. I think 1950 was the one I liked the best. It has all the drama of love that you can't have and all of that. And it's clearly about women. And that's really cool because we just don't get that a lot. We don't get that a lot of women singing about women. But King's Princess seems super cool. She's like 20, 19. She's so young. She's so talented. Good for her. Keep killing it. I'm not saying I'm going to listen to King Princess all the time, but I think I could probably, I'm probably going to put 1950 in the rotation. So if you're, there are so many places you can turn to for queer women in, in popular culture. It's going to happen. You're going to find, you're going to find some it's a great time to want to listen to queer women. I think queer men have been in music for a really long time. I, you know, we, they've been associated with musicals and, um, you know, i just talked about Elton John and Freddie Mercury, although I, Freddie Mercury, I think everyone said was bisexual, but who knows? I don't know. That's between him and him. But, you know, it's, it's cool to see, you know, the, that queer women can be stepping up to these roles and be getting, you know, so much coverage and so much excitement. It's awesome. Gentleman Jack is finishing up, and I just had to reiterate for this, things have changed a little bit in the series. Um, so the idea is this is based off the diaries of a queer woman back in the day. Maybe, you know, gender identity is something different than a woman. I don't, you know... It's hard to tell, um, but she's a real person who had real relationships with women, and she's super cool. She's a badass. She's a landowner. She's she's creating some really cool stuff. Now, one of the things that uh, you know I think is going to happen with this is I think this is going to end up being the gay period piece, Sex in the City. She does some very cool stuff. She's writing in her diary all the time, and she's doing these fourth wall breaks. She is narrating her life story to you. And let me tell you, do you know what I've wanted more than, I, I want more than anything else now that I have it? It is a gay period piece, Sex in the City. So I I don't know if things are going to work out with this first season, girl. I think that's kind of fun. Like, I want to see this person go through her dating trials and tribulations and everyone's wearing fancy clothes because it's the 1800s. That's going to be fun. Like, you know, this is like, I'm a girl trying to make my way in the world, but it's the 1800s and I'm gay. Like, I think that that's something that we need in this culture. I think it is weird. I think it is refreshing. I think it is even better because it was based off a real person. I don't think she's gonna end up with this girl I haven't seen the last episodes of the season yet I don't think she's gonna end up with this girl and I'm fine with it because like if Samantha is she no if Carrie Bradshaw if I'm not familiar with sex in the city super like a lot if Carrie Bradshaw married Mr. Big the first season then we would have no sex in the city. So I'm fine with her, like, not ending up with this girl, and this gives her the opportunity to do some cool, fun stuff. I, I think it's going to be interesting seeing, you know, where she can go out of her heartbreak and and just see her finding herself and traveling, and I, it's cool. I like this season. I hope I like this show. I really hope it gets renewed. Um, I hope that it doesn't lose out to anything else, because... I think it's really great. Um, it's beautiful. I've really enjoyed the characters. One of the people I love 
um, who plays Yara Greyjoy from Game of Thrones is in it, and I hope she has all of the success in her life. And she plays an extremely different character. Different character, um, and those sisters are very different. They're always clashing, but they're super fun. It's kind of amazing to see she has family members who are super supportive supportive of her, um, even though it's the eighteen hundreds. She has shitty people who are being shits to her, also, and I hate them. Um, but you know, things are, you know. I just love these shows that show us queer people have always been there and queer people will continue to be there doing their thing. Um, yeah, so, it, you know, there's some cute romance in there. There's drama. There is intrigue. There is family meddling. There's all the good stuff. So if you like a good period piece, look no further than Gentleman Jack. I think you'll enjoy it. So our last topic for the night is something that's coming out soon that I am also excited to watch. So this is going to be called Tales of the City. This is actually a reboot of a sequel, a reboot of a show that has a sequel that is adapted from a series of books that was a newspaper column. (laughs) It has a lot of layers, but it looks interesting. So it appears that this show, from what we can see, is the tales of these people who reside in this place called Barbary Road in San Francisco, Barbary Street, and it all revolves around a landlady um, who, you know, is I guess she's transgender and she smokes pot, but the person playing her isn't transgender, but she's reprising a role she did in the 90s, so they probably wouldn't have let that happen back then. So apparently... This is, and it's got Laura Linney, who was also the main character, and they're coming back, but they're adding Ellen Page as Laura Linney's, I guess, daughter, um, who is, you know, out there finding out that she's queer and moving to San Francisco, and I guess it's kind of supposed to be a hopeful, fun San Francisco story. Um, So, from what I understand, this is based off of a very successful book series, which was made into a PBS show in the 90s. It apparently was extremely successful. There were six episodes, but PBS didn't renew the show because there were too many conservatives that were opposed to showing gay people just being happy and enjoying their lives. There were frank depictions of sex, drugs, and stuff, but you know what? That happens in real life, and PBS wasn't able to stay funded and keep it, but it has been 25 years, and that means that we can do this shit again. We can bring it back, and Netflix is going to have it, so it can be as dirty as it wants to. Yay, Netflix. You go. Um, There's a really good cast. It's looking, um, they have Charlie Barnett, who I absolutely loved in Russian Doll. As I've said before, Russian Doll is one of my favorite things. Charlie Barnett makes it. He's going to be playing a very different character in this. It seems to be a gay character. I'm very excited about it. I, 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 you know, I'm definitely going to watch this. It's on my long watch list, but I think I'm going to try to get it done this month because... What better thing to do than to watch this? And uh, let me let me just say, the same week this Imposer coming out, networks are putting content out during Pride season f- with mostly queer characters. 
that's cool as heck. I don't know if it's just, it just kind of ends up being a coincidence because, you know, um, that's just the release schedule. Although Netflix can release any things whenever they damn please. They don't have to do it at any, they don't have the normal rules of what a summer season is. So they probably chose to put Pose out during Pride Month, not Pose, I'm sorry. They probably chose to put Tales of the City out in Pride Month. And who knows, maybe even FX did that too. I, it's just very interested to be catered to like this. I don't think pop culture is catered to the queer population that well. So, like, good, I guess good job on them. You know, like, let's create things for their time of year, you know? Super cool. Very excited for this. And that is going to be it for this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful time at any pride parties and celebrations they go to. I hope everyone stays safe. I hope everyone is, you know, just good to each other. Let's not gatekeep our brothers and sisters that are, you know, different sexualities or, you know, trans or genderqueer or any of that. Let's just all be in the words of... Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Let's all be excellent to each other and let's take care of each other. If you have a couple extra water bottles and you see someone really hot at the parade, you know, give them, give them a water bottle. It's, you know, this is always in the middle of June, so it's always going to be hot. It's going to be sticky. So watch out for each other. If you, you know, keep help tell other people where you found places you can go to the bathroom because, you know, you know, we're, queer people are immune to having things like digestive issues. I know that more than anyone else. Um, just see where you can help each other, especially those of us who are in the worst shape. Um, you know, being you can be disabled in many different ways and still be queer. So do your best to be kind to them during Pride. I mean, I know my first Pride parade I went to, I took a chair because I have back problems. And some people were kind of like making faces at me for sitting down in the chair and they were like take and I you know at some point I was like I'm sitting here like I you know I I just had to like say something like hey I'm here because I need to be I need to take care of myself but there's still place for me and I think the person realized they were being kind of a jerk like I see I'm sorry you know so be kind to each other be good to each other and it's gonna be you know there's gonna be a lot of fun it's going to be a good time, and I hope everyone has a great time. Now, if you are interested in other episodes of Obsessed With Me, you can always search us on Obsessed With Me on not iTunes anymore because iTunes is being disconnected, can, discontinued, connected. Blah, blah, blah. iTunes is no more. Uh, so Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcatcher is, you can follow us on social media. We're Obsessed With Me on Facebook. You can check out my Instagram. That's Fennecful, F-E-N-N-E-C-F-O-O-L. And I am Lindsay Schley on Twitter, but let's be real. Twitter is trash and I never go there. All right, everyone, go out there and love something this week. Bye. Mm-hmm.